0: following podcast has adult themes and some strong language. Hello and welcome to episode two of Excuse the Jess. This week I'll be talking about friends, the subject, not the TV show. Although I might talk about that next. So no one told you life was going to be this way. Oh, come on, it had to be said. For those of you who have no clue about popular culture from the last 30 years, this was the opening for the TV programme Friends. It went on. Your job's a joke, you're broke, and your love life's the way. I used to think it was funny 20 years ago saying the lyrics were about my life. Now, not so hilarious and nonetheless still true. As much as I love friends and still watch the repeats sometimes, there's a bitter and twisted part of me that would like them to do a follow-up now they would be in their early 50s. Poor sweet vain Rachel would no longer be with us. She would have literally died of boredom after more years of on and off with Ross. Ross is still working with dinosaurs. He's now a head of a big banking institution. Monica is overweight again because basically you can't fight your body shape indefinitely. It's good for her though because she smiled a lot more when she was fat. Plus it's hard to be happy when you're starving all the time. She is still married to Chandler. What was cute and funny in a young man though is annoying and tedious in your 50s. How can you have a serious conversation with someone who won't be serious? Monica has learned to shut off and has been having an affair with the head waiter at a restaurant for the past two years. It's purely sexual. Joey is still Joey and um, doesn't share food. And then there's Phoebe. She has no real intelligence, no real talent. Never made any sense. She did have an abundance of confidence that most of us could only hope for. She's now President of the United States. It was Thomas Aquinas who said, There is nothing on this earth more to be prized than true friendship. No, I don't know who he is either. An Italian theologian, apparently. All I can say is, thank God for friends. When you don't really have a family, your friends become everything. Now in the days of online socialising, I am part of countless WhatsApp groups and even on Facebook. When these beauties came out, I thought, I'm too old for all that nonsense. Ten years later and I'm sucked in like most. In the beginning of all this crazy stuff, there would be quizzes, Prosecco lunches, catch-ups galore, all on the online software called Zoom. I am so sick of it now. I would be happy never to see my face on a small, tiny screen again, just stirring at me. Not just online, though. The beauty of living in a city is there was always places to go, people to see, in normal times anyway. I have two close friends, though, and they are lovely, beautiful, special, and I can't believe they like me. Of course, with any luck, they'll never listen to this and they'll be content when I call them sad old mares. I did start to tell you about them last week. My oldest in, as I've known the longest, is my friend Emily Wilson, or Ems. I met Ems at Cardiff Uni. I was studying business, she was studying English. My mother had already emigrated, so I was in a flat chair with a girl on my course. Her name? I don't remember. Probably as boring as she was. She did have this friend, though, that kept coming to the flat and after a few Lambrinis, Boring went to bed and Em stayed. Eventually, Boring moved out and Ems moved in. We both had a healthy respect for Jane Austen and alcohol. She was convinced that she would have her own Mr Darcy, which, hopeless romanticism and complete idiocy, made her go out and eventually marry Andy. What a prick he was. He's not dead, we just don't talk about him anymore. It wasn't the fact he was punching above his weight, which, by the way, he was. It was just the fact he had two loves in his life, beer and football. She was divorced by 30, mainly due to the fact she had daughter, Imogen and felt like a single parent anyway. Imogen was adorable. The most gorgeous child. He lived with me for a while. We were like the three musketeers, but I was made to watch far more kids' films than I would have liked. Ems eventually met a lovely guy called Simon and they got married. They have a son together. Well, at least I think they do. I know I've told you this, but I know you didn't believe me. I am still not sure if he's the actual son of Satan or just a dark lord. His name is Samuel, but I call him Samuel. Samuel, for those not in the know, is an angel and considered in legend to be a member of the heavenly host. He's the same level as Satan and the chief of the evil spirits. I think it's quite clever and witty for me. Of course, if you don't know who Samuel is, I sound like a fucking moron. Okay, I really can't make it any clearer now how serious I am about this. Before he was born, I was an atheist. Now I pray every single day. I still have nightmares about the last time I saw him on Zoom. He looked at me and said, "'Your hair is so pretty.' I was gracious and thanked him. He then said, wouldn't it be awful if it all fell out? Why did he say that? Why would you say that? I think Ems deep down knows, but she's in denial. She even said the name came to her in a dream. Seriously. More things about Ems. She is short, like me, and tiny, not like me. She can eat quite a bit even now without putting on weight. I hate her for it. She is such a good person with a big heart. She is generally happy and positive, but she could do with more fun in her life. Her words, not mine. I am happy to join in the fun part. Of course, being grown-ups now, we're no longer on the cheap wine. Now it's gin or Prosecco. What can you learn from television? This week... It's not surprisingly from friends. Okay, I'm not going to explain it. You've seen it. Whether you liked it or hated it, you've watched it. To me, friendship is more about just getting on. There are lots of people I get on with. People from work, people in my social circle. A lot of them I wouldn't describe as friends. Friendship is being totally comfortable in each other's company. Not being afraid to be yourself. Plus, it's really hard to be totally comfortable in someone's presence when you want to jump them. As a side note to this, I do believe men and women can be friends, despite what Harry Burns said. This becomes muddy when it comes to friends. Were Ross and Rachel ever friends? By my reckoning, no. Even in 10 series, we don't get many Ross and Rachel scenes when it's not about their relationship. He does do a lot for her, but that's because he really wants a jumper. Or he loves her, however he puts it. He's not bending over backwards for Phoebe, literally or figuratively. No, that's not what we're learning from TV. You can make your own mind up about that. It's the Chandler and Monica relationship that is important. They were friends, well, as adults anyway. There was nothing romantic about them. They looked out for each other and the romance started on one night when they were both feeling lonely. So what can we learn from this? Always be good to people, especially friends, because hopefully they'll be there for you when you need it or don't sleep with your friends A will end in disaster like marriage and children time for some inspiration it was the actress Catherine hepburn who said plain women know more about men than beautiful women let's take that in for a moment um, no can't argue with that to my other friend Isabella Wood or Izzy I met Izzy at my second job well my second full-time job I think it was around 2004 Izzy worked at the company before I started and we shared an office it took just hours for us to become friends she is so chatty and we were always getting into trouble for the noise we made I also have reasons to hate her five foot seven blonde hair blue eyes curves to die for a modern-day Jessica Rabbit, who also struggles with the weight. She is clever and vivacious and always fun to be around. We went on a works night out and, as usual, we were the last ones standing. She came back to mind because, obviously, 3am is too early to stop drinking. She met Ems and we've been tight ever since. She has never been married but has been living with Jason James for about seven years now. We also say his name in full. Jason James with two first names we think he should have been a superstar DJ are you ready to party here's Anya Jason James is very good looking very funny and very kind they deserve each other what they don't deserve is the bad luck they've had for as long as I've known Izzy she's been talking about having children and they couldn't conceive naturally, they went for tests and there's no reason at all why they can't have children. None. Except for some reason, she has never been pregnant. They have gone through the humiliation and heartbreak of five IVF treatments. Inside, I know a little part of them died each time they failed while they watched other people who caught not only easily, but probably shouldn't be parents in the first place. Life is unfair. They have never lost who they were throughout the process though. they would still do anything for you, still share the joy when other people succeed and still have a smile on a miserable day. To the outside world, they are the perfect couple. They both have good jobs, a nice home, nice clothes and a great lifestyle. No one outside their sphere sees their sadness, their grief at the loss of something they never had. Always living with that tiny hope that it's not too late and something will happen eventually. A perfect reminder why you can't judge people from the outside. You never know what they're privately living with. Still, life has got to be easier with looks and money. French philosopher Jean-Paul Sartre said, If you're lonely when you're alone, you're in bad company. That's true. He also said, Hell is other people. That's only true 90% of the time. are my closest friends. I am extremely lucky to have them in my life. I've never told them but I know they know. Liking friends? They don't know that I know that we know that they know or something like that. We speak a lot and it's been hard seeing them mainly through a laptop screen. Usually it's just the three of us but sometimes it's five of us including Simon and Jason James. I pretend it's fine and I do get on with them but it's awkward. I'm not being paranoid or Maybe I am. But it feels like they gang up on me a bit. I get the personal questions. Why are you still single? Why haven't you met anyone? Don't you like men? Then the pity. You're so lovely and attractive. You will meet a nice man. Then they adamantly go on. I will meet someone. I meet people all the time. It's just they're not exactly banging on the door asking to be let in. I'm sure they're trying to be decent but it's not funny. Especially as I know neither of them would look at me twice. But... I have learnt a little trick in this situation. I tell them to mind their own fucking business and it kills the conversation. You can have that for free. I'm coping with this lockdown better than the first one. I think it was the shock of the first one. While Europe was locking down, it became increasingly clear this was going to happen here. I told my friends that would be fine with shutdown and I'd still go out and get shopping. I was absolutely told no and stay in. I didn't want to take a food slot from someone who was elderly or not as mobile as me. Then HR called me and told me I was to pick up my laptop and then go home. There were other adjustments they were making which I can't go into, but for me it was working from home from now on. Picked up everything I needed and came home. That was the first day I cried about it. The next time was when the announcement was made that country was in lockdown. Ems and Izzy gave me a good talking to em why I had to survive this, to stay in and not be silly. They used the only reason I couldn't deny. By the time Wales got around to sending me the letter stating I had to stay in, Ems and Izzy had already began to get me shopping until I was able to get a reoccurring shopping slot. Still have it. I don't feel guilty about it now as I know they've invested time and money to make it available to as many people as need it. I also thought the delivery drivers take one look at me and think I was taking the piss. Not one in all this time has been anything but super helpful and friendly. They're my heroes. Although I did get shopping sometimes, on man's and Izzy. Or things that the supermarket didn't have, or just little care packages. They used to leave it on the back doorstep and then we had to talk with them outside, me inside. Both Izzy and Ems were texting me all the time during the first lockdown, Ems especially. I had to reassure them over and over again I was fine. And for the most part, I was. I asked after them and they would just say a variation of, I'm fine, it's you I worry about. I think the shop part was the problem for me. I just read more, watched more TV, enjoyed long baths for a change. If it wasn't for the apocalypse, I might have enjoyed it. Okay, there was one thing I was missing. That was Ben. And not so much him, but what he was bringing. There is a whole essay to be done on being single in the pandemic, but I don't think now is the right time. Was it July or August that the good people of Wales were allowed out? We could sit in gardens anyway. Ems came over and I had a bottle chilling and deck chairs ready. She was wearing a mask and a massive scarf, and then she hugged me. It wasn't a hello hug or, wow, I haven't seen you in a while hug. It was more of a great big bear hug. It was the first contact I'd had in a while and it was odd at first, but I guess muscle memory just kicks in and I hugged her back. When I pulled back, I saw Em's had started to cry. She told me to ignore her and said, "'Where's the Bissecco?' I realised she needed that hug more than me. The woman who had a husband and a child with her the whole time was struggling. I know she missed her daughter Imogen who was living in Radin, so I don't know why she couldn't say.' We slipped back into conversation easily and we got very silly very quickly. I still think about it now though. What was it that she couldn't confide in me that she was struggling? Why did she think that my problems were more considerable than hers? Why couldn't she just be honest with me? I've tried to broach it again with her and it feels like she's wrapping me up in cotton wool. With one vaccine injection down and another soon, maybe my life will be returning to some sort of resemblance of reality. I will have to confront her. Not sure I'm going to like the answer. This has made me really think about what I'm like as a friend. Hopefully a good one. I have also done the online care packages in the lockdown. Izzy is obsessed by stationery, so I try and send an item or two month, depending on the cost of the item. Actually, I'm a bit obsessed too, but I can't justify one more notebook. Well, I could, if anyone has any suggestions how, please let me know. Ems loves what Simon calls romance novels. They're usually not, they're just told from a female point of view. I'll try and find what's got the best reviews and buy them for her. Don't think I'm Rockefeller here, it's not much. I try to live by, do to others as they would do to you. Sometimes you can't. Sometimes you've got to be so much better than that. Sometimes someone is having a bad time and they snap, and it might not be personal. Other times it is. That's not to say you accept any behavior from people. If it's bad behavior and is sustained over a period of time, then you have to walk away. Most people are okay, but there are some real bastards out there, men and women who are not worthy of your time and effort. Don't let those fuckers get you down. Again, I'm talking about others. Okay, if you're my friend and I mean close friend, then I'm always available for you. Any time of the day and night. My phone is never off for you. Whoever invented that favourite contacts part of the phone is a genius. I can put the phone on silent at work and at night, but I know if those few people need me, they can get in touch. I also like to get away on my own sometimes and put the phone to silent, except to the chosen few. It's just so they don't worry Believe me I am happy in my own company do to others as they would do to you well again unless they can pick bastards then walk away no just knock yourself out and now I take time out to remember the friends that didn't make it today to the woman that claimed she hated women to dump you as soon as they get a boyfriend then promptly dumped me when she got one then a year later when they split up she tried to find me again. Why were you so surprised I wasn't interested? To the woman who got promoted over me and then told our manager I wasn't to be trusted. I'm glad your job in Parliament is working out for you. To the woman who kept accusing me of flirting with her reasonably greasy boyfriend and then him flirting back I suspect this year, inside just the two of you, has worked out really well for you. And to the man, who, when I put him in his place, he said, How dare you? And he wouldn't go out with pointing his finger at me. That. And I was completely wrong. I wasn't. Was I? America writer Albert Hubbard said, A friend is one who knows you and loves you just the same. So, by his reckoning, not letting people know you is the key to a great social life. Thanks, Albert. That's enough from me. It just leaves me to say, please come back. I'm not needy or anything, but please. Also, a lot of this stuff is from the internet. And did you know the internet can lie? You can find me on Instagram at Excuse the Jess and please let's do this again soon. Excuse the Jess was written and performed by Jackie J. Sarah. It is a deliciously bright production. If you enjoyed this, please click follow and give us a five-star review or donate via Buy Me A Coffee. All details, including full credits, can be found on the website excusethejess.com